Um, Stu at T2 Fitness here. I'm just going to go through with you um, a little bit about my journey. So I'm now 17 years in the fitness industry. And, and you know, the reason I initially got into it, got involved, was because I wanted to to work with athletes, possibly in a physiotherapy sense. And that's what I was interested in at the time. Um, it's something that I, I'm still obviously very interested in, uh, working with athletes, because I, I do the T2 Elite program. Um, so it's, it's something that, that I've always been in and around and been interested in and I've worked with a lot of athletes so it's, it's always nice for me to to be in that mold um, but it didn't start that way it, it started with me working at a gym at 16 as a leisure assistant so I was I was like reception staff for the leisure center and I'd be handing out towels and locker keys and taking bookings and taking payments for you know the golf course and all that kind of stuff really that was really what I was doing we're doing shifts doing that and that was while I was in college, um, and then later while I was in university as well, in a, in a different club, same sort of role, but now I had a bit more experience and a little bit more um, understanding. I started doing a lot more programs for people and, and became a bit better known around that gym for my, for my exercise programs, more than, more than obviously just the initial stuff I was doing. So that's how I started. Um, that's how I got into it initially, was, was, was doing those sorts of things. And then from there, finished university and I progressed um, at that point quite rapidly. Like university was fun. Um, it was definitely fun. But it wasn't something that I kind of, I would say, molded my career too much in a, in a way, so in a weird way. Because like I loved it, but I didn't have that many sort of good grades from it. A lot of it was, uh, was, was things that I wasn't that interested in. And degrees are great if you're very interested in the subject matter, but a lot of the subject matter at that, that course particularly was, you know, psychological um, understanding of sports performance and stuff like that, which at the time wasn't really my bag. Now I'm interested in that. I, I, you know, fascinated to talk to the guys about how they get ready for a fight or what's their pregame routine or, or whatever and how that affects them and how the crowd affects them. I'm interested in that now, but at the time it wasn't. And I think it's difficult as a 18 year old to really know exactly what you want to do and what you're interested in it's not easy but i finished university and i, and I went on to um canada i worked in canada for a year and that was incredible like i worked in toronto uh lived there it's my first time apart from being at university halls where let's be honest you're not really living on your own you're, you're in, a, in a in a big group of people all in the same boat so it's, it's a bit of an ease in to adult life um this was very much you know i was nine hour flight away from family i was 21 years old i I moved into an apartment and, and all that kind of stuff. And I was getting, I had three job offers when I first got there in the first couple of weeks. And one was at, uh, I remember it was at, at Rogers, which is like BT in the UK. And it was at their corporate like head office there. So I'd go and I could go in there and run kind of challenges and, and run the gym effectively for staff, understanding their programs and whatnot, corporate wellness kind of stuff. And that was cool. It was a fixed kind of hourly rate salary or whatever. Um, the next one was at a good life fitness and I got offered that job and that was as a, as a PT. So you start off with some gym floor hours and build your PT client base. And similar to how, uh, let's say, uh, maybe a David Lloyd might work in the UK. Um, and what I realized was I actually didn't want at that age, I wanted to enjoy my year, learn a lot, but I didn't feel like having the sales target pressure was going to really benefit me that much in that year. So I didn't take that one. Um, and the third one, I spoke to the guy there, ironically enough, he sent me to a place called the Fitness Institute. And that later became the Toronto Athletic Club while I was there. And 
that's where I settled. I had a, I remember vividly, I had a four person interview, um, plus me. So I'm sitting around a table with the directors of the business, as well as the fitness manager, the sports and health manager. Um, and it was pretty intense, but I'd come off, this was right at the turn of the year. So going into 2006, um, and I'll, I'll never forget, I, I had a terrible, terrible illness. I had like a, like a flu sort of illness. I was hot, cold. I was, you know, I shouldn't have really been out at an interview for sure. Um, but I went there and I, I, I led with that kind of, you know, just so you know, don't get too close kind of thing. And, uh, and I ended up getting offered the job and, and it was, it was a perfect storm really. The guy who hired me, it was his first, I was his first hire. So he wanted to make sure I was a success. It was his promotion that he had, he had gained and he wanted to then, you know, make sure the guys knew they were, it was a success and it was the right move for them. So I moved into that position and that was awesome. I absolutely loved it. It was technically, it's called a fitness consultant and I would uh, be a red jacket. So the guys on the floor would wear red jackets and the PTs would wear black tops. And, um, and fitness consultants were there all the time. So there's always someone on the gym floor, open, middle and closed shift. And typically by, by about five months in, I was doing every open. So I would pretty much do every single open and then I'd do six days one week and five days the next. So I was doing kind of 11 days out of every 14 and um, Monday to Friday and then Monday to Saturday. And so every Sunday I had off um, and I'd go, usually I'd get up early on that day as well. I'd go and play basketball and it was the lifestyle there was for me at the time was incredible. So I was a massive basketball fan and stroke of luck would have it. I moved into an apartment and um the guy, one of the guys that was living there was, his dad was like the vice president of what the equivalent would be of Sky Sports. It was TSN. And uh, they had a box at the basketball, so I could have Raptors games. I was really super lucky, like insane. And um, so that was kind of a real education for me. I was around trainers that really knew what they were doing. They would hold high level uh, conferences and talks there and seminars and courses. And it was really my first intro to to kind of being around top end trainers and I absolutely lapped up every single bit of knowledge I could get and it really molded me when I came back. I came back to my um to to the UK and I started as a as a again as a gym instructor. So here we were a little bit behind in the times as far as we didn't really have a lot of PT going on at the time. And um I worked at a place called JJB, which is now DW Fitness. And that was good for me. I had a chance to kind of cut my teeth and, and separate myself from from the crowd really and, and a lot of them were um were kind of doing doing normal the normal kind of you know come in do a shift and go home and, and i was trying to really start building a name for myself so very shortly after that uh david lloyd opened and i got offered a job as one of the first trainers at david lloyd and and that really you know that step maybe step up and i was there as quickly viewed as one of the senior trainers and one of the experienced trainers because I'd done quite a lot of jobs in the industry already. I was 23, uh, 22 or 23, 22, I think. And, um, and I had a full slate of clients quite quickly. And soon after that, started teaching classes and, and I got offered a um, job just teaching the youth uh, academy at uh, Swindon College. Um, so I started putting those through their qualifications and that was all right. Um, then when I started into adult education, it was, it would turn a corner. I was really interested in that, um, career change and, and that kind of thing was fun. So just giving them benefit of my experience, which was amazing. Like at 22, 23, giving 40 year olds the benefit of your experience. So that was cool. I really enjoyed that. And, 
Um, shortly after that, about a year or so, I took a job in London and I started working as an educator in London. Um, and about less than a year after that, I came back and I, and I set up T2 Fitness. Um, so I started working. Well, I did that back at David Lloyd. They knew me and they uh, sort of accepted me back. Started on just 15 hours of, of gym floor work a week and built my client base back up while I was doing the education side. I became a master trainer for Technogym um, at the same time. Um, that's since progressed to being an international trainer for Technogym, going and specializing and being the kind of go-to for group cycle and for the skill bike, the new bit of kit. So I teach their other international master trainers the kit in in terms of cycling and, and whatnot and how we want it done and all that kind of stuff so it's a thrill for me that sort of thing i love the travel side um and t2 just went from strength to strength like t2 just started really picking up and we started getting more and more people on courses and they were interested in in doing more and more different courses and and suddenly it started becoming a way bigger thing than my pt career as far as like clients and uh, I realized that that's actually, that's what I'm meant to be doing. I'm meant to be delivering courses and molding the next set of trainers um, and, and helping them guide into their new career and giving them the benefit of my kind of years of experience and making mistakes in the gym and, you know, all that kind of thing in business and, and whatever. And, and hopefully helping to open doors for them. Um, so a lot of the people around Swindon, you know, in the area knew what we were doing. So they'd come to us for trainers. The trainers would come to us to find out if they could, if we could help them with job searches. And so it became like a, a one-stop shop, which was great. So I never thought that would be the case, but it, it ended up being the case. So, um, that was that was nuts for me like it was great and then we started doing more work in dublin and more work internationally and in dublin um that's that really helped in dublin because what it meant was we were starting to create syllabus and that's where edufit came from so that again was a massive deal because it meant that we could start delivering our own content developed by us in-house animated um, and we could also start selling that to other companies like t2 and it put you on the map as far as being able to go, right, this is clearly the go-to guy because he, he writes courses. So, you know, T2's got to be a great place to be and it helped us to grow our business even bigger. So, um, yeah, it's been a, a, a wild 17 years, but really, really fun. I'm 34 now and I started when I was properly about 17 years old. So, so yeah, it's been fun. It's been really fun. Plenty more to come. T2 Elite program with uh, T2 Fitness and we've currently got four athletes on that program and so there are spaces for, for new ones but we've got Nathan Thompson Portsmouth right back we also have Lewis Thompson Nathan's younger brother plays for Norwich in the central midfield we have Luke the Duke Watkins 13 and 1 professional cruiserweight boxer formerly held the Irish title and the Commonwealth crown and we also have uh, Craig Brawlin Rawlins, who is an MMA fighter who is currently on Cage Warriors as an amateur. So he's finishing his amateur career and we're moving on to pro, hopefully by the turn of 2019. So in um, September this year, he's going on to his next Cage Warriors bout. So I get the questions all the time about how to train these guys and, and what we do with them and, and how we progress them and all that kind of stuff. And it's um, I find it very interesting because it's the sort of thing that, that people are keen to learn about. And I was the same when I first started as a, a PT. I was really interested in working with, with footballers and with athletes in general. And I worked a little bit with a fellow called Lee Peacock, who is uh, currently a youth academy coach or, or manager at Swindon Town. 
and it it really lit a spark in me to to kind of train more athletes be more engaged in what they're doing and i think it allowed me to analyze things a little bit differently to look at things a little bit differently and and you know just just trying to figure out exactly what they needed so so with lee i remember vividly we had to work a lot on his hamstrings and his glutes he was constantly injured pretty injury ridden um time at swindon and he was desperate to have one final kind of contract one final chance to play at a high level and he and he, and he did he achieved that and he actually ended up getting a move from swindon He's back now. He loves the place, loves the area, loves the club. So it was nice to have him back. But Nathan, again, it started with a similar story. Nathan was injured. And when I first started talking to him, he had a, a walking boot on. And I just approached him and sort of said, you know, what is it What is it you've done to yourself? And what do you do in the off season? He was 21 at the time. He's 27 now. It was kind of like looking at it going, oh, well, actually, I've had this injury or that injury. And he, his issue was a recurring hamstring and groin issue which often and i tell the students this all the time often it can be an overriding default in movement pattern so what i what i mean by that is is if you've got to do a job and you can do that job but you're doing it inefficiently or incorrectly then you know we're not doing you any favors by loading that and making you stronger and often that sort of movement pattern issue might not be picked up and for whatever reason and then it's allowed you're allowed to get stronger and faster and more powerful with that faulty movement pattern at some point you overload that too much and it's going to bang something's going to go and that was what happened with Nathan and and it was constant it was consistently coming back have an injury coming back have an injury and it was the same kind of theme all the time and and to me it was relatively obvious that he's a very quick very powerful player and it's all well and good being strong and powerful in the gym when you've got fixed sort of environment to work with but when you start getting to a point where you're where, where you're reacting as in when you're playing games when you're playing football you react especially as a defender to whatever the offensive player is doing so if you've got to react and you're you haven't had a chance to set yourself like you would in the gym then clearly your your overriding default movement pattern is going to come back and that was what was going on and because nathan's so quick he would be constantly sprinting and, and, and springing into action to make things happen and, and all that kind of stuff. So it's a similar sort of injury to you would have seen with Michael Owen constantly and Theo Walcott. And what have they got in common? They're all very quick players, very fast, explosive players. So we really had to get it back to basics with Nathan and start rebuilding his movement pattern. Fortunately for us and for, for him, he got signed off from the club um, as far as playing duties for a little while. And we had a, a couple of month period where we were working consistently two to three times a week on his movement and it worked a treat. Now, he moved to Portsmouth and touch wood, he's never really had a major injury setback there. But the higher you go up in the football leagues and the more money you've got in infrastructure and all that kind of stuff, you, you, you've, got, you've got more money to put into backroom staff. You've got more physios available, more fitness coaches available. You've got masseurs available where the lower clubs don't really have that on their doorstep. So yeah, that's that's that was kind of Nathan's story. Luke came along through Nathan. So they had a, a bit of a bond. They knew each other a bit, not well, but a bit. And Nathan initially made the introduction and gave me Luke's details and, and, and pre, uh, prefaced a conversation with me and him. I met Luke, figured out exactly what, what he needed and what he wanted and what his aspirations were. And we had just a good chat for about an hour and concluded that by starting up training sessions and have been doing so for four fights now. So 14 months. And currently with three and one in those fights. He's 13 and one overall, but 
you know, the last one was a big one, um, live on Sky Sports, main event on the TV. And it was a big, big fight against a t- tough opponent. And, and that was the first loss we've ever had. So that was um, that was tough, actually. It was difficult for, for... He seemed to handle it better than the backroom team. So it's always difficult to know how to bounce back from that. Now you're on the big stage and, and you've had a setback. So it's... Um, now a case of we're rebuilding that that kind of structure and figuring out exactly what we're missing and 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 what's next so we've got a fight in september no opponent announced yet but that's coming up and then finally craig and, and craig just saw what we were doing with the t2 elite program and, and contacted us which is great it's a good positive sign that that you know things are progressing and catching people's eyes so he got a hold of us and kind of said listen i want to i want to do some work i'm a top 10 welterweight in the uk amateur scene i want to be a pro i want to get to the big shows and i want to be on cage warriors or maybe bama or hopefully if the ufc comes back to the uk then he could end up getting a call for that if he keeps winning we've done two fights together now in around a year so we had a bit of a hiatus uh while craig was pursuing other working opportunities while he was leaving his current position because it is amateurs and he unfortunately got beat in the first fight and fight was unbelievable it was a defense of his raged uk belt and he you know he kind of mauled this dude for two out of the three rounds the first and the third the the fight that we went to newport it was in um newport arena for cage warriors and he was on the undercard of a bt sport uh, main card and it was just tough this sport mma is tough it's a sort of sport where you go, okay, all things being equal, you're good on the ground, you're good on your feet, you can grapple, you can wrestle, good jiu-jitsu, all that kind of stuff goes out the window when you get punched in the head with a four-ounce glove. And and anybody can get knocked uh, knocked out. And he wasn't knocked out, but the ref stopped it. He got rushed really early in the round and clipped. Didn't really have himself about himself at that point. And then uh, got himself back up, put the opponent on the cage, and then you know got separated and clipped again, just where he hadn't quite recovered from the first one. So um, the default was to drive back into wrestling and, you know, it's, it's, these things happen. They're, they're tough dudes and uh, anybody realistically can, can take anybody else out if, they're, if they are catching an opportunity in an opening. So that's what happened there. But we're buzzing with our team. Like we're over the moon. The, the boys, uh, they're all great guys. They're all really progressing in their careers. Uh, Nathan and, and Louis are on their last year of their contracts with, with uh, Portsmouth and Norwich. And we'll see what happens this season. But they're both going into it with a clean bill of health. Um, Louis, unfortunately, had a, a two big injury setbacks on the same Achilles. Uh, but he's back and he is he's killing it in the preseason. He's scoring goals and running games. And he's back to his kind of aggressive central midfield play, breaking up play and dictating play. And it's great to see. So really looking forward to seeing what they do this season, both of those. But the boys, the, the nice thing is they know I'm on the end of the phone. If they need me, I can fly up and, and, and do bits with them. I can come out to Swindon and do bits with me here. But it's it, that's the nice thing is they've got a support structure and network around them. This summer, Nathan took us uh, on his holidays. So he was heading to Greece and said, listen, it's close to preseason. Would you come over and do a week's work with me? And um, of course, it took me a quarter of a second to say, yeah, I'll definitely do that. And it was great fun, really good fun. So it's nice to be a part of the inner circle and, and it's uh, it's all exciting from, from here and forward. So we are looking for potentially new athletes on the T2 Elite program. We're, we're open to it. You know, you can be male, female, young, old, you could be amateur or pro, but there's a, there's a strict package we've got, a, a three different packages available. So we'll discuss those with you on application, but it's definitely worth getting in touch. 